Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Take it away, Tom. Hi, guys. Live from the Cryptid Camper, I'm Tom, here with my good friend Shay. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 1, Episode 8 of the Scare Your Pants Off podcast, American Road Trip. Today, we are setting up camp in Maine. So, how you doing, Shay? I can't believe we're on episode eight. That is so cool. I'm really, really good. How are you? Good, good. I know, right? Eight Episode eight already. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm having so much fun doing this and doing all, uh, learning all this new stuff about all these states that I I never knew. It's so, yeah, all this research is so interesting. It's like, I can, I, I'm, I'm going to save it all so I can make a book at the end of all my notes from this because it's been uh yeah it's been a lot of fun doing doing this so what's new ah uh, nothing really same you know well we're in maine i'm gonna say sssdd same shit different day thank you duddits um i love stephen king i i was actually in maine a couple weeks ago uh visited bangor or as i in my heart call it Derry, because it's real to me um <laughs> I actually got to visit the Barrens. Really? I, I did. It was amazing. I So I'm an emotional wreck when it comes to like horror movies and horror stuff. And I, the Barrens was like stepping into, I was, I wanted Pennywise to come and get me because I was so excited. But that's so cool. Oh, wait, you might have sent me a picture actually from there. I did. Okay, I, did. I remember now. Yeah, I remember. Sorry, my memory. It's like, I got, and then I re started remembering as you said it. Um, yeah, no, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, Maine's a cool state. It's like, I, 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 uh, I used to, uh, like, my grandfather's from way northern Maine. Um, and uh, so I used to go up there a lot and stay for, long, like, long periods of time. My, my mother still has, like, a house up there where she rents out to people and stuff. But it, that's like, it's uh, in a town, eight, nine hour drive from me in rhode island it's so far up it's like up, way up and over but yeah maine's a really cool really active state with a lot of stuff so um yeah i'm excited for today so do you have a, a cryptid for me time for the cryptid i do so there was there's a lot to choose from there really was there was you have the bildad the specter moves at bigfoot it's so many things so many things in maine and um, it's huge. So obviously there's going to be so many things. I, in my heart, kind of consider Pennywise to be a cryptid, even though he's technically not. That's fine. But in my head he is. Um, like but today I'm, I'm actually going to talk about, let me apologize ahead of time for my pronunciation of some of these, because I did Google them. And usually before every episode that I'm saying words that I can't always pronounce, I try to look up a pronunciation. And not a lot of these have a guide for me. So I'm winging it. And I apologize ahead of time. Um, so today I'm going to talk about the um, Kiwaku or the Shinu or the Chinu. 
um, means White Walker, the Apotamkin, or my favorite name, Maine's very own Wendigo. Oh boy. Oh boy. I know. I know. I had I couldn't pass it up. I know. And I'm always like, well, I'm not gonna do the typical this and the typical that. I can't pass up a good Wendigo. I just it's... Um, I'm glad you did. I'm glad because I, I didn't know they had a Wendigo, so this is gonna be awesome. So they do. Okay. So the Micmac call it the Chinu or the Shinu. Uh, the Passamaquoddy call it the Apotamkin, and the Penobscot call it the Kiwakwa or Kiwakwu. Again, I apologize. I'm going to stick with the Wendigo. Um, it's believed that there are both males and females of this creature, and that, oh, like many other animal species, um, the females are actually thought to be stronger and more vicious than the males, which is it's pretty common. Yeah, in the, in the animal kingdom and everything, that's very common, so. So it's said that the males can actually be reasoned or bargained with, whereas the females, not so much. They are cannibals, and it's believed that even in some rare cases, some humans have actually managed to befriend them. I know. Really? Yes. I I will tell you right now, given the opportunity, I would try. I would fail, but boy, would I try, because I'm me. Like, like, you're the coolest guy at the party. Hey, this is my friend. He, he's a Wendigo. Yeah, I or mean, she, Wendy, Wendy yeah, Wendigo. She, yeah, she, I'm sorry, yeah. It's, uh, Either way. Yeah, it, you're, you're the coolest coolest person at the party. You show up Absolutely. with a Wendigo. <laughs> All right, so the Wendigo is thought to possibly be a cursed human, uh, someone who has probably committed unspeakable things, murder, um, cannibalism, and, and, you know, what have you. The sightings of this creature actually go back to the 1800s okay. and span all the way to 2021, which I wow. love that. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That recent, like, I mean, it's still 2021, so that's mm -hmm. cool. So the tribal accounts of this actually even go back further. It usually appears in the winter, and it's said to have, and I love this, it's said to have a heart, the shape of a human made of ice. What is the shape of a human? Yeah. But it's made out of ice, and that's their heart. Oh, my God, mm -hmm. that's the coolest description of a heart. That's so awesome. It's, it almost feels like some sort of a some sort of symbolism if you think about it, because these these yeah. these humans that are now Wendigos are cold. They are mm -hmm. heartless, or have done something cold and heartless. Now you have the cold, yeah, ice cold human for the heart. And I I just I love that. I really love that kind of symbolism in there. Yeah. So it said that this creature emits a loud shriek, said to kill anyone who hears it instantly. I, I don't know how they know that, but uh, it's fine. I'm here for it still. I love yeah. it. Yeah, great description. But yeah, how do we know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so the Wendigo creates its own camouflage by covering itself in pine sap and actually rolling on the ground. Oh, wow. It's ex yeah. It's extremely tall, has white fur, glowing eyes. Sometimes it's said to have antlers. Sometimes it doesn't also very standard for a Wendigo. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, there's there's multiple ways said 
to be able to kill this Wendigo. I don't agree with killing Wendigo. Don't do that. It's awful. But I'm going to tell you one way because it really kind of grabbed me as really pretty neat. Um, it said that you can kill them by getting it to eat salt. You know why? No. It said to de-ice its frozen heart. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I have for, for my cryptid this time. So what did you think? Did you like it? I, I love it. And, of course, you've got to pick the Wendigo. If you guys don't know, she's she, she, she loves the Wendigo. So I would befriend a Wendigo or die trying. I would. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, you got to pick it. And I'm glad you did because I didn't know they had a Wendigo in Maine. And, you know, and as we know, with a lot of these cryptids, like front, different parts of the world, because it's, you know, influenced by different cultures and everything, they have different descriptions. And like, personally, my favorite Wendigo has antlers, because I, I believe the antlers make a Wendigo look creepier, you know, personally. Mm -hmm. So like, but, you know, like you said, there are descriptions of Wendigos that they don't. And, um, you know, and everybody's different. And, uh, yeah, like I like it being the White Walker because I could see that too as you were describing it. Like I could definitely yep. you know, like a similar to like a White Walker in Game of Thrones. Um, so yeah, no, that was a great choice. I mean, that's uh, that's a lot of fun. And then yeah, a friending on Wendigo. I mean, it, now that I know you can do it, I like you gotta try. Now that you know it's can be done, like I would yeah. never thought it would be done. But yeah, of course, if you, you, you gotta try to befriend Wendigo, that's cool as Absolutely. hell. Absolutely. <laughs> so no, that was great. That was great. I loved it. Loved it. Thank you. What do you um? So again, I love Maine. Uh, I can't even wait to hear what you have for the haunting because Maine is just—it's it's so full. I just love it. Time for the haunting. Yeah, it it was. I had so much to choose from. You know, you can fix any of the prisons or you know, uh, anything up there. It's it just, there's so many haunted, uh, so many haunted things. But as I was like researching stuff, I came across something that I, I'm a little embarrassed I didn't know. And um, yeah, it's the first documented haunting in the US, Nellie Butler. I'm also embarrassed that I didn't, how do we not know about that? We live in New England, we do what we do. We are interested in what we're interested in. How did we not hear about that one? I, it's crazy. Um, it's it, it's like weird. As I was doing it, I was like, I I never really even thought about the like, oh, what was the first you know documented, and then I'm yeah, and then it's so close to us that it's uh, and not knowing anything about it. So yeah, this was the the haunting of Nellie Butler, and this happened this this happened um, started happening in the winter of 1799 in the small village town of Sullivan, Maine. And yeah, during a series of hauntings, residents claim that they saw and heard the ghost of Nellie Butler, a young woman who had died. Uh, she had died three years prior during childbirth at the age of 22. Um, the, uh, the phenomenon was uh, actually recorded by Reverend Abraham Cummings, a traveling preacher who believed that she was a spirit sent from heaven. So uh, Cummings went on to collect 31 eyewitness accounts from town residents in his book titled, and now this title is a mouthful. So I had to write it down because it's just like immortality proved by the testimony of sense, colon, in which is considered the doctrine of specters 
and the existence of a particular specter. I feel like the inside of the book should start chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's so anyway, the story begins in the Blaisdell, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but I think it's Blaisdell, B-L-A-I-S-D-E-L-L, um, house near the rocky shore of Twanton Bay. The ghost first appeared in the cellar of this house, and this is where she would appear most often. So she, uh, when she appeared, she claimed to be the spirit of Nellie Butler, and she was there to arrange the marriage of 29-year-old widower, her her widow, um, George Butler, and the 15-year-old Lydia Blaisdell. Ugh, yeah, sad. I know it's 17.99, but it's it's still not great at all. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm uh, so she yeah so she's there and. Uh, and testimony from the Blaisdell Butler and uh, the Hooper family, Nellie's family, state that the spirit was relentless, just kept visiting over and over. Um, and to prove that she was Nellie, she would answer very personal questions that only the family or maybe a mother would know about her daughter. So we'll fast forward a little bit. And on May 28th of 1800, Lydia and George are married at Butler Point. Yeah, he married a 15-year-old or 15-year-old. <laughs> um, the next day, Nellie appeared, and Nellie prophesied that Lydia would bear one child and then die soon after. Then, unfortunately, the uh, prophecy came to fruition with her dying 10 months later. Um, and... It echoed the similar fate of Nellie, who had died during childbirth at the age of 22. Um, at this point, some started to think that the uh, the prophecy that she had done about, you know, having the child then dying um, was a curse. And they began to um, turn on her, think that she was a demonic spirit. Others thought that it was a hoax um, put on by the Blaisdell family because it was happening in their cellar where she would appear most. It was a hoax put on the Blaisdell family in order to trick George, the 29-year-old, to marry the 15-year-old daughter. So I don't know about a, I don't know about that hoax. I mean... <laughs> yeah, that's that's really, really, really far to go yeah. for a hoax. It's a, it's a little much for a hoax, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that one... Uh, but I could see people turning, you know, that happens and it's 1799, people are superstitious, you know, I could see them thinking maybe it was something demonic. But uh, so there was so much controversy that Lydia was labeled a witch or, or a fraud. The family was ostracized, not ostracized. <laughs> the family was ostracized. So at this point, she kind of disappears for a short amount of time. And... Uh, then comes back after a little time has passed. Uh, I don't know the exact amount. Um, as a more phantasmal creature is the description of the Lord singing hallelujahs, um, you know, praising the Lord and chasing down skeptics. 
So fast forward to late August of that year, 1800, the groups gathered in the cellar to listen to religious topics talked by uh, Nelly, uh, spoken by the ghost, and the ghost would confront anybody that uh, doubted either her identity, that she was actually Nelly, or her holiness now. She kind of reinvented herself as holy. So, and then the last reported sighting or encounter was in mid-August of that same year when she followed a procession of 48 people from the Blaisdell house to a neighbor's house a half mile down the road um, so she could confront a skeptic showing that she appears in other places outside besides the cellar. And then, you know, the vigil keeps going. And at the end of the vigil, she uh, appears in a field and then sort of walks away, vanishes, never to be seen again. I've, I feel like I, I went in like five different directions. I don't, <laughs> she's just, just after all that, poof, she is gone. That's mm-hmm. insane. Right? <laughs> I, I don't even, I can't even, I can't even put into words. That's, 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 okay. First of all, definitely, I'm not feeling the hoax thing because it's too much it's it's too wide it's too big to be a hoax it's it's too elaborate too much too much in it and um you said at one point you said she chased down non-believers is that what you said yeah she would yeah she non-believers she she, it seemed like always that trying to prove at at the beginning always trying to prove that she was actually nelly you know like and skeptics and then when she came back it was proving that she was Nellie and that she was holy so so I I would wonder and I I know how scarce information can be on these things but I I would almost wonder what happened like what exactly did she do when she would catch these non-believers like what are they turning around are they changing their mind are they it's there's so much it's crazy. It's a great story. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I like it again. I couldn't believe I just didn't, had never heard the story. I couldn't believe it being the first documented. And, you know, like you said, we're nerds about this stuff. And uh, yeah. And it, and then, like you said, it kind of, the story like twists and turn and like, I was trying to think of it, think about it from the hoax angle and like how it would be done. But like, she's following the procession now like yeah like and people see it see her and then she's there and proves that you know whatever and then see her again in the field how do you hope like how do you do that to a whole village i mean mm-hmm. and uh you know um, not back then either you don't yeah. i mean your resources aren't huge yeah, it's just the turn of the century for them, 1799 into 1800. So I was, yeah, I, I, I thought it was uh, a, a really fun and uh, interesting and, and a little sad, too, with just like the girls dying young and, um, you know, it, it's sad. And then just like, again, 15-year-old marrying a 29-year-old, a little upsetting. It's, yeah, I, I know things were more accepted back then, but. Oh. Yeah. That's it's that's did you like that time? That, oh, I don't know. What that <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that just doesn't sit right with me at all. I don't know. That's I don't know. Really good story though. It, yeah, I would love to find a copy of that book. 
that with the long title and read that read the the preachers what his account his 30 because 31 eyewitness accounts he he compiled for the book so that's um, a, that's huge that's yeah. enormous really yeah so cool all right well do you have some strange encounters time for the strange encounter i have a very strange encounter um so i'm gonna take you to august 20th of 1976 to allagash maine i think i'm saying that right allagash yes it's the allagash yep um, so four men went on a two week camping trip to Allagash, Maine. And on the second night, one of the men noticed a brightly lit object in the sky and it vanished after about 30 seconds. So not very long, but about 30 seconds, which is, I guess, in hindsight, pretty long for when it's things something like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. We, if you're frozen in fear, 30 seconds probably feels like 30 minutes. It, it yeah. But. So. Two nights later, the men were on a lake in a fishing boat, and the same object appeared, but it was noticed by one of the other men first. And then this is how they proceed. So the guy sees this object in the sky, and horror movie 101 for me says, leave it be. But no, they decide they would like to get its attention, and they wave, and they yell. I don't... Yeah, my common sense would be like, no, 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 leave this be. Yes, yeah, you you observe from a distance and and uh, let that thing play out by itself. You like don't don't get up in that thing's business. No, not not even a little. So their attempt to catch his attention actually worked. Big surprise, uh, and it shined a strong spotlight type beam toward them. They panicked, obviously, and they began to row towards the shore, and the light followed them. It actually tracked them. The next thing at this point that any of them can actually recall is being on the shore and the light dissipating. They don't remember getting to the shore or anything. So that's the next thing they remember. Yeah, loss of time. When they got back to the campsite, Uh, it actually showed evidence of being left abandoned for multiple hours, including their fire being out, which I'm not going to lie, that gives me a little skepticism of it, because why would you light a fire in the middle of the woods and then leave it alone? I just, I'm not 100% there. I I don't know. You know, the Allagash is a remote area. And it's a lot of wood. It's very wooded and mountainous and hilly. And um, unless it, it in like, and it wasn't a dry season, that would be kind of dangerous, I would think, in that like, in that type of area. So that's a good point. Yeah, and and again, this is this is in August, so it's it's hot. It's you know yeah. all all of that. So they would camp for six more days, and there's and nothing else happens. There's no more occurrences. We're gonna fast forward now to 1988, and two of two of the foremen, who happen to be brothers, began to have nightmares. The same nightmares. It's of the four men who were on that camping trip, sitting on a bench and feeling in fear, feeling scared and and worried for their lives. 
um, they reached out for help and all four of the men actually underwent hypnosis and they agreed not to share uh, their memories that they recovered with each other until after everything was done. They were interviewed separately after their hypnosis and their accounts actually lined up pretty similarly. They were able to describe the creatures. They were able, they, they all of them said that the, um, the craft, the inside of the craft actually was reminiscent of a doctor's office, uh, that they had skin and fluid samples taken from them. And they were even actually all able to describe tools used on them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So down to like the finest little details. Yeah. And to kind of top it off, and I, I know that polygraphs can have some, some inaccuracies, but all four of them took a polygraph and all four of them passed. Yeah, that would, that's rare too. And uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard arguments before and it's like, like I've heard even some like whatever scientists, whatever say, yes, polygraphs are actually like really, really accurate. And then I've heard other people say, no, 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 no. Other scientists say, no, no, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a reason that they still, you know, use them in police and stuff. You can at least get a baseline of whether a person is not, you know, so for all four to pass, that's, that's huge. Yeah. So we're going to fast forward again actually 2016 and i'm not i'm not actually shocked by this but it feels worthy of mention um one of the men actually came out and claimed that the entire thing was a hoax except for the sighting of the craft huh yeah huh. okay so not the whole thing but everything but the sighting of the craft okay so just so not no light nothing so okay okay and that's that's my strange encounter and it's that was great yeah thank you I, I i like it um i think i do have like a passing familiarity with this story like um like bits and pieces i remember from either when i was younger or something but uh no that was um great story like i said um the allagash yeah it's very remote area so um it's definitely could see something i wonder if there's any um any sort of military bases up in that area like um i i have no idea you know i was yeah. just th thinking out loud but um no i i, I really liked it um like the, all the guys uh you know like we said they're they all four passed a polygraph you know and then the guy uh, yeah he did come out in 2016 and say it was a hoax except so he definitely saw something so yeah. regardless he's saying he saw something but I'm not too phased by him doing because the other guy stayed true and mm -hmm. like um and it's like it's been a long time now and the way memory works is it, it, it's very imperfect how, you, how your memory is and every time you remember something you it's actually a memory of a memory of a memory of a memory of a memory because it's like you're thinking back to the last memory you're not thinking back to the last time you saw it you're thinking back to the last time your last memory so it becomes very fragmented so who knows at that point and maybe he just you know doesn't remember as much or whatever over the years i mean these guys like you said all this detail down to the finest thing that these all these guys remember and it's matching each other at that point you know so yeah no that was great that was uh 
was great. Maine was a really cool state. Men like there's so much there was just so much good stuff in Maine. It's very active. Yeah. No, it it really is. It's it's it and it's beautiful and it's you you have a little bit of everything. You have the cities and you have the little quaint little towns and then you have just the middle of nowhere woods and it's it's really really just a perfect state. It has literally every environment you could possibly want. Yeah, you could do like quite the the haunted road trip through Maine and uh, see a lot of really cool stuff. So a lot of fun doing Maine this week. Yeah, Absolutely. So we got anything else? I think I'm tapped out. All right. Well, thanks for watching guys. And uh, make sure you tune in next week when we set up camp in Arizona. Thanks guys. Bye. Happy camping! As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scare your pants off nine at gmail see you next time